Welcome to Roxalot Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, that's rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is James Keitlinger. Did I say that right, James? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. He's a preacher at First Christian Church in Grindstone, PA. That's Pennsylvania, for anybody that doesn't know what PA is. <laughs> uh, James and I met a long time ago, all of three days, three days yes, ago, when Beth and I were here setting up for our ninth revival with this RSM Partner Church here in Grindstone. So really, James, I, I don't know anything about you or your journey to and with Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm looking forward to really getting to know you today and, and as you just share with us. So Brother James, tell us your story. All right. Um, thinking through life, thinking through my story, to me, it's just a normal, normal life, normal story. And I think a lot of guys come across that way. It's just their, it's their life. But uh, I'll be honest, I did not have much of a uh, church background growing up. I was in and out of several churches when I was growing up. I started, honestly, my family was started off in a Nazarene church here, mm -hmm. just right down here in Little California, which is 10 minutes away from here. What's, what's the town? California, Pennsylvania. California, yeah, Pennsylvania. Cal yeah, Cal I want to make sure we understood California, that. California, Pennsylvania, a little right. tiny town. It's yeah. straight down the road here. It's actually the home of former Cal U. It's a college town. Okay. So it's, what do they call it now? They just changed the name to Penn West College, I believe, which is oh, okay. kind of foreign to me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I grew up down there with like the Nazarene Church for when I was a kid. I don't, I don't even really remember going there. My mom said we did. And I have a bunch of family there, so and they're still oh. they're still currently worshiping there, apparently. Right. And then uh, I don't know what went on, but something she said something went wrong, and they we ended up leaving that church. Right. And then for a few years, I don't recall going to church at all. And then whenever I was in my teenage pre-teen, no, I should say teenage high school years. Right. <laughs> then we ended up in a different church. So it was like, like my mom was like, "All right, we're going to go to another church for a while." And we ended up at. Um, United Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, which is right down the road here also. Yes, and, uh, over by Allison. Uh, it's in Malden, Pennsylvania. It's actually in Malden. It's right, over Malden. The, it's right over the hill from the high school. And all oh, okay. Stuff. Yeah, so, right. It's a crossroads. It's a smaller church, but I ended up there for a few years. And then my mom was into the, she did some stuff with the youth and all that stuff there, youth ministry and all that stuff there. And something went wrong there. And then we just kind of quit going for a while. Happens to a lot of people, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. it did. And I think there's a lot other factors in there that I'm unaware of because I was young and dumb. But that was just basically when I was growing up there. But one thing that I noticed is I was thinking through stuff is the preacher at the Nazarene church was Reverend Mahoney. Great guy. I remember him. And then the, the, the minister at or preacher at um, the United Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, Reverend Hunt. Great guy. Two guys right. that kind of had an impact on my life, but I don't think I, I realized it at that point. Right. Yeah. That they were impacting my life. But we just did that for a few years and all that stuff. And I did my normal teenage year stuff. You know how that goes. In <laughs> the impacting of your life, yeah. do, you, do you feel like that just by example and life and kindness to you, that they, they just said something to you about what, what maybe a minister is? Yeah, right there. Uh, that's yes, I can yeah. say that with like Reverend Money specifically. Like him, I remember him getting up on stage preaching on Sundays, and he always played a trumpet. That just stuck out to me for some reason. <laughs> always has. Yeah. And then Reverend Hunt kind of took me under his wing for a while when I was uh, growing up. 
And at one point I did mention it to him. I never thought of it until recently, but I said, I'm going to be a preacher someday. Well, God never let me live that one down. <laughs> that one comment. But anyways, beside the point, that was all through my teenage years and all that stuff. And then, well, I got married young. So I grad basically I graduated high school at 17. Right. And then I was in the workforce by the time I was 18, working in a factory. And I met my wife and married my wife. I met my wife right when I turned 18. You know, going to be right when I turned 18. Wow. So we dated for about a year or so. And yeah. She was older than me. So okay. She's a few years older than me. And then by the time I got to 19, I was married. And I really just jumped right into it. And it's because of her mostly that I ended up coming back to my, coming to what I really truly have as my faith. I did get baptized when I was at, uh, about 13 years old. Right. I didn't really understand what it was. Yeah, I understand so, that. I, I grew up in, in the denominational world, too. And the preachers in, in that world, to me, made an impact on my life. Yeah. And I, I always admired them. Uh, the thing was that in, in my case, no one ever spoke to me about accepting Christ other than through a, and I'm I'm putting up my quotations here, listeners, confirmation class. <laughs> yes, and, and, yep. and I didn't, I was, I really didn't understand that. I was just, my parents said, you're this age, you go to this class. And, yeah. but their kindness and the way that they treated me taught me a lot and, and, and was good for me something that I needed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's exactly the way it was and all that stuff. So there's lots of like, that's just a snippet of what everything getting me up to this point. Cause even in the background and all that stuff, I have a interesting history and family and all that stuff. I, my, I had a dad and stepdad, obviously my dad, I never met my dad till I was 19. And that was all this came into play. I think into getting me to where I am today, to be honest with you, right. because I'm going to be honest, I lost both of them at a young age. Um, I was, tw I just met my dad at 19. I lost him, my, my biological dad at 21, 20, yeah, 21, he died so, of cancer. So he you only knew him two years. Yeah, right? two years, yeah. Wow. He passed the cancer. Yeah. And then my stepdad, the one that he raised me since I was two years old, I'm not going to go into details of, of all that, but he ended up passing away when I was 24. Oh, so it was young. I was young. It was a double lost, hit pretty quick. Yeah, wasn't it? And I lost yeah. the, those father figures in my life that I was looking up to. Right. And then that's whenever I met, between all that time, I met my wife and I met her family. And that's when I came to First Christian Church in New Salem. Okay. So she was. So you, I just you, want to tell you, you that. You said that she was, she was an influence life. on yes. getting you really uh, into the stronger <laughs> in the Christian life. Yes. And, and, that's, that's, and you ended up in New Salem is Christian Church. Yeah. First Christian Church of New Salem. New Salem. Uh, yes. And, yeah. um, reason why I'm saying that is because whenever I met her, she was obviously a little bit older than me and all that. She's six years older than me. Right. Honest, so. But she, uh, I met her and I met her family and she invited me to church one Sunday. And from that point on, I've never really, I've never really left. I've had my moments of struggle. I kind of got in there. She introduced me to, got me, got me, uh, introduced me to Andy and everybody that's still up there, the ministers that are up there now. And we just kind of started going there and, had that been her church all of, all yeah. of her life? Yeah, that's her church since she was a teenager. Also, okay, so. so can I ask you what was a what was your impression coming from a, a different background from what we, what we like to call yeah. the New Testament Christian church, uh, and then you walk in and things are done differently and and uh, approached in a different way. <laughs> How, what was your 
I mean, I was overwhelmed. Was it a good impression or a bad impression? It was good because there was a lot of guys in that congregation that came up and got to know me real quick. Within a couple of months, I was really, That's what it takes. I was really involved with all the leadership there. It was amazing. And, and they just kind of seen me, got to know me. And my father-in-law was part of the, he was a deacon at that point at the, in right. the church and all that stuff. And my father-in-law, I really gave him a lot of respect. He took me under his wing because he knew everything that was going on in my life, me losing my family members and everything else he took me under his wing and kind of how wonderful is that so he he always he didn't like me at first <laughs> well we, we rarely do like the guy who's going to marry our daughter it, it at first thinking about he, him and i really didn't get along <laughs> well we got along always didn't get along but at first he was just like you know how it is oh sure i have a, i have two daughters now that i'm gonna worry about i got two so, sons-in-law so i've, I've been, yeah, there. been there so i got one that's dating uh, dating, <laughs> dating right now and i'm like uh, and he comes and stays with us he's a good kid anyway yeah. that's beside the point but it was there, those guys, that group of guys had a big impact on where I am, why I'm here today. That's a point that we really need to make, isn't it? That that when people walk in the building, and especially young men today, because uh, men, uh, my wife said this just recently, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting her a lot because I think she's a smart lady. But she said, we're not raising boys to be men. We're not teaching them how to be men. But you go into a church and the men kind of begin to surround you yeah and start teaching about being a christian man yes sir they did yeah that they did yes yeah. that's where that's where it all came from is learning from them i was a, every sunday i worked in i worked in a factory too and i swing shifts that was seven to three three to eleven eleven to sevens all that it was constantly moving around right but no matter what shift i was on on sunday morning i was in that church sunday nights i was there learning more wednesday nights i was there learning about going to bible studies it was wow. all the time i really dove into that because i really i needed something i needed guidance and i was young 17 18 i just i did my life was just starting 19 you know, just, right i'm married at 19 i didn't know what i was doing but you know mm -hmm. i always attribute god had his hand in the, in the whole situation the whole way because there's several events that could have things i planned going one way doors got closed going one way and everything led me in another direction isn't it good that, that, that God directs us when, when we have, when we sometimes admit that we're as dumb as a rock? Because uh, that's what I, I, I say that very often when I was 19, 20 years old, got married at 20. Yeah. I was dumb as a rock, yeah, you know, and, and I'm just so thankful that God had a hand in all of this. You know, my thing is when I think about those moments and I mean, I was just thinking about everything. I didn't realize this. And my wife always tells me the story about how we met. She goes, there were people praying for me to meet a, meet a husband at that point. And our joke yeah. is, because I'm so much younger than her. Right. I was like, yeah, you're waiting for me to get out of high school so that she could finally <laughs> meet me because she's that, she's that much older than me. You're right. She's six years older than me. But that was part of the whole, as I reflect back on it and look at it throughout my life and look at what God's doing, in, any, in some way, shape, or form, prayer has been a big part of getting, just kind of guiding me along. I may not know it. I don't know. I didn't know it. Maybe didn't realize it. But God has just kind of, through prayer, just been kind of guiding my life to where I need to be and where he, he's getting me where I want to be, even though I was, I dabbled in it when I was younger, but he never let me go. Right. From that, from that comment I made when I was 13 years old, I want to be a preacher. We, we don't realize so often that people are praying for us and they are, God is shaping our path. Maybe not through our prayers because maybe we're not even thinking about yeah. God, but uh, my wife was told in Sunday school, uh, when in 1974 in a girl's Sunday class, you girls need to be praying for the man you're going to marry that he comes to Christ. 
-hmm. And it was that summer that I came to Christ. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and it was several yeah. years later before I knew her. Yeah. But yeah, people's prayers, they're praying for us. They don't even know they're praying for us. Yeah, that's... And we don't know they're praying for us, but God knows who they're praying for. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's a good thing. And that's like I always, always thinking back through, as I even talked about the other day, God doesn't abandon us as long as, you know, it may not be in our background, let us go through our struggles, but he's always there to help us. At times. Right. I'm trying to even think it through that still. So anyways, um, but now I'll get up to 2001 when I finally left, when I finally felt the need to, to go to college and to, to answer that call. I was sitting at a revival, as a matter of fact, in New Salem. I don't remember exactly who, what was, who was uh, there that day for some reason. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I know he's from Puget Sound. That's all I remember. <laughs> really? Yeah, he was right. over here doing a revival for us at New Salem. And I was just sitting there, sitting there, and he's like, you know, put up the invitation, did the invitation. And I was like, you know what? I looked at my wife. I said, watch this. Oh, That's no. all I said. I walked. I was, we were she just had no idea. Rich. She had no idea. Oh, my goodness. I just leaned over and said, watch this. I walked up front. And I said, you know what? I said, this is something I want to do. Talk to me. And he said, it's time for me to answer a call. I mean, I'm feeling that need, that desire to get out there, that fire to, to be a preacher. And you have that fire. I, I just the three yeah. days I've known you, I, I've seen that fire yeah. in you to, to reach law, the lost. Yeah, and that's what led me to trying to sort out colleges, all that fun stuff. You know, trying to figure out what's the best one, what's the right. Best. I ended up down at Johnson University, so in in uh, Knoxville, Knoxville, yes, yeah, oh, Knoxville. That's where my daughter's at too. Oh, that's so, good. but yeah. anyway, where my daughter went to, yeah, or one of yeah, it's a good good school, but. It was through that, I just, you know, the senior college stuff at that point, learning what ministry was. I was green. I had no idea. I was learning the Bible, but I right. got there and I'm like, all these kids are answering these questions. I'm like, am I supposed to know this already? <laughs> I felt so inadequate at that point. Yeah. To, to fill the ministry, to, fill, to be a minister or a preacher, for lack of a better term. Well, I haven't grown up not really knowing scripture. I went to Sunday school most of my life. Yeah. And my parents quit going when I was six, but I took myself. And, but I, learning disabilities, one thing or another, I, 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 I didn't know just a simplest scripture. When, yeah. when I, when I was first a preacher, people would say, "Well, everybody knows, you know, the most common scripture people quote is John three sixteen. I didn't know what that was, Neither and I. I was already preaching, and you know, because I, I had not grown up in a church. I was growing up in a church with some fine people, but it was not. A church that emphasized the scripture. Yeah, and and uh, so it was it was hard for me too. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing that's why I did appreciate about going to college and all that stuff because for me to learn on my own it's hard. I do have, as according to my wife and my kids and everything, is I'm a bit on the high energy side of stuff. Really, <laughs> go figure. You and know? I'm <laughs> saying that sarcastically because I've seen that yeah, already. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We have a bit of high energy. <clears throat> And I would have a hard time to focus trying to do what's outside of that that college situation where I was forced to sit down and focus on that. Right. So it made it a little easier then. I'm a, so, but I don't know what else I want to say. I was at college for a hand those years, six years. Mm -hmm. So and then so, I ended up getting a call from a little church up in uh, Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. All right. So six years at college, and did you have kids while you're in college? That's or? that's one of the big things that I, I had. Two kids when we were there we had two kids my wife and i were trying to we had a early on we had a miscarriage early on yeah and she was devastated and i'll be honest that was one of the situations that it's hard to go through it must tore us apart 
there's early on in our marriage stuff. Yeah, I understand that. But we we got through that. We ended up down at college, and well, one was yay, the other was oops. Yeah, <laughs> no, we we kind of planned everything out, and right? And all that stuff. So, so uh, we were both born down there. How how old being, are you, what how old are your children? What are their names? Okay, I've got four. Okay, I've got Evelyn, who's twenty. Right. I've got a, a Serenity who is uh, in a roundabout way, she, uh, not, not officially, but she's our, our adopted daughter. Serenity. Okay. Isaiah, who is, uh, Serenity is 19. Isaiah is 18. And I have Elijah, who is 14. Wow. So yeah. I have four kids. So yeah. it's it's an adventure. I love it. I love every <laughs> minute of it. But it's when I was in college, it was interesting because I was a non-traditional student. I was married and I had a Children, a child family to take care of so that made right. things a little kind of interesting that's why i kind of rushed out of college for lack of a better term and ended up at a church i mean i was there for several years working on it and all that stuff but i didn't quite finish okay the full i didn't get i said i didn't finish my degree completely well did you work another did you work a secular job while you're going to college or or just no i worked on i lived on campus worked on campus okay so a lot i worked of people do that. i worked on the ground school on campus Okay. I was RA up in the where I where I lived, and then I right. worked off campus too. I had another job off campus at a video game store while I was there, just trying to make ends meet. And you know that's that gets challenging. It's right. a lot of work, but because of that, and I started feeling the financial constraints. And the church from my home area called, and it was like, "All right, time to, all right, so <laughs> time to go up there and check it out." So uh, again, what was the name of the town where you went? To... Oh, Ridge, Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. Ridgeway. Yeah, and. Uh, you were there. I was there from 2006 to 2013. Wow, that's that's a, 2016 yeah. for a first ministry. 13, that's that's, a, that's a pretty long stretch in today's yes. in the way things go with ministers nowadays. Yeah, yeah. part of that was because of my stubbornness. Well, that's <laughs> all right. There, there, now, in that situation, there's a. I come out of college strong. You know, you come out with that fire. You want to get out there. You want know, you know, to change the world. Right. As a preacher and a minister, you want to change the world. You want to change everybody around you. Sure. And initially, I'm not going to, it's great to get, great to get started, but it wasn't all, all flower. It wasn't all, all good. And it, was it wasn't more, everything you dreamed ministry yes, was because we do learn in ministry. Yes. There are so many things they don't teach us in college. There's a lot of stuff you don't teach us in college. And I'm <laughs> right. not going to, I don't like to sugarcoat stuff, but right. I don't want to put anything down. But that I'm going to be honest and just to be open because that's what I try to tell people that. Sure. I was there for this several years and all that stuff. Started out strong. I was doing everything. And then. Then the difficulties. Then the burnout. Right. Trying to work so hard work all the time. Not having any, honestly, church leadership. If you right. Think, not really having good leadership in the church and all that stuff. And honestly, in 2013, I ended up calling and saying, I can't do this anymore. A series of events and compromises in my life. And it was just like, I had to get home and it's just like. I was I was out I was having I just basically packed up one weekend and left. Called him and said I can't. The stress was just too much at that point. And it was my family was priority. Right, right. I had that just kind of a burnout. Yeah, it's it's yeah. for me it's a, a moment of it's like a shame. It's of that moment of uh, I'm upset. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of you know what went on or something. I, I can't explain. I it. no I I very much understand that that uh, we think well. I think sometimes when we leave a situation where we have worked so hard and we've worn ourselves out that we walk away feeling that ashamed or I've done something wrong and all we've done is give everything we have and our bodies and minds can only take so much yeah. sometimes 
And there's nothing to be ashamed of that. And certainly nothing to be ashamed of saying my family needed me. Yeah, and and I, yeah, I, I work those over 100 hours a week as a minister of a church. And I know, and, and, and having met you and seen your enthusiasm, yeah. I know that you were, uh, I, I feel certain you were constantly looking for ways to reach more souls and, and getting out there and getting it done. Plus you deal with, and our listeners know, they've heard enough of these programs, that if this isn't your first one listener, to know that preachers, um, uh, we're not just sitting in an office and everything's sweet uh, because there's yeah. the human side of the church and there are difficulties we have to deal with. Yeah. And sometimes uh, those difficulties make it hard, not only on us, but on our families, on our wives, because we go and we, we share with our wives and our wives who they share with. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it gets stressful. And then there's a other series of events. And like I said, there's just compromises were made and things that just went on. And it was just like, I had to move on. So I ended up leaving that in 2013. I ended up down here and uh, back home. This is home for me. That was right. This we ended up moving back down here. Her, uh, her dad, her parents' health. Her mom passed away. Her dad's health was bad and all that stuff. So it was kind of a weird way to get me back, get us back here. Right. And uh, we had a house. We moved into where we're at now, New Salem. Two houses up. Right. <laughs> from where we're at. And then for the next several years, I just uh, I got here. I got settled in with a, a job with my uh, guy I'm currently employed with. I'm bivocational, so. Right. Um, like I settled in with my friend that I've been working with for the last 10 years now. Wow, it's been that long, but 10 years wow. now I'm working with him. And so what, what is your, what secular job do you work at? It's uh, a window cleaning, professional window cleaning. Oh, and, uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Like that, so, so physical, pretty good physical work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you've done that since 2013. Yeah, 13, yeah. And you got back involved at New Salem? I got back when I came when I initially came back, and this is where the restoration was. I was I felt down out. And I was basically I felt destroyed. I felt I let God down. I felt things that just weren't. I didn't go to church for several months. I did. I stepped back and just didn't even think about it. Didn't yeah. want to go. Didn't you know? I, it was just a shameful thing. I just didn't want to deal with God. I was actually mad and upset right. and everything else. You know how that goes. You just yeah, I do. Take, I sure take do. Take that anger out. Yeah. It's just it's. My they my wife and kids they went to church. I was just like, no, I'm not going. They asked me to come again. No, I'm not going. You come wow. again? Um, no, I'm not going. I just kept doing that, and it just they she kept asking and all that stuff, and then finally, it just over time she finally said, Are "You going?" I said, "All right." <laughs> I went one. Good woman. <laughs> I went, and then you know, everybody's like, "Oh, it's good to see you. Good to see you," and they, cause they knew what went on, and they were like happy to see me there. And I sat down and talked with my. Again, the same people that have helped usher me into ministry, right? Essentially, and then and then we just talked, and they finally slowly, through lots of prayer <laughs> and lots of just guidance and lots of helping me along my way to get me back to where I'm confident. I, I get back into teaching. I was like, I don't want to get involved with anything. That's what I told my wife. I do not want to get involved with teaching a class or right. anything right now. So I was like, all right, and then. They come up to me, hey, we need somebody to teach us class. Really? You want me? <laughs> That's what it was like. It was a struggle. They they just slowly ushered me back into to where I am today. Sound like a good group of people. They're, they are a great group of people. As a matter of fact, I, I, I've met some of them because they've been, they have been tremendous support of this revival. Yes. Uh, uh, turned out their Sunday night 
And yeah, they're going to be. There's going to be a couple of them here tonight, also. Yeah, you know, there were some last night, and, yeah. and a bunch of them said they'd be back on Wednesday. They couldn't, and they were going to try. We're, yeah, they were trying to surprise me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but my wife let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> so, well, you know, I it it does so much good to see people who want to support the guy that came out of their church, the the Timothy of their church, yeah, and and to say, you know, we're glad you're back where you need to be. Uh, even though you're you're a tent maker, which is nothing less than, in fact, I think sometimes it's more. I was I I never felt like I could split my attention two ways, although I did mow lawns and yeah drive yeah. a school bus in in ministry. But to have another full time job and minister, I I just didn't think I had that ability. And I've always admired the tent makers. I've met many of them, and many of them have been on this yeah. program, uh, and. Uh, but to see the people that came out, and we are, uh, we only have two nights left of what I think is a, a real revival going on. And, um, and I mean, we're just seeing uh, tremendous yes, response at invitation time. And uh, and a lot of it I attribute, of course, to your elders. You've got some good elders oh, here at Grindstone. We've known for a long time. And, and you've got a great group of people. But the church took a real hard hit during COVID yes. and, and lost a lot. Uh, in attendance, and we were here during COVID and did a revival. And, well, in 2020, in the, in the first year of COVID, yes. and Brother Greg was here, I think, last year, and we saw. Uh, uh, I mean, it was just so different from the first the first years we came. This year, seems like it's going back to that those first years we came, as far as the people attending. I think last night, I don't believe there was an empty spot in either of your parking lots. <laughs> yeah, and and people were just streaming in for the night, and. And I attribute that to them, but I also attribute it to you because I know that you have really taken this seriously and you have been yeah. leading in prayer uh, and preparation, your Sunday nights, your Wednesday nights, you, you know, uh, or Sunday nights, I know, yeah, I, I don't nights, know about yeah. Wednesday because I know your, your, your work schedule, but, but you have really pushed the prayer into this. And that's one thing, um, it's a, that for me, that's, that's the key thing. It's all, everything's about prayer. Every, yeah. It's all in carrying everything to God in prayer whenever we're here, no matter what we're doing, even throughout the day when I'm at work and all that stuff. And I, I the, way, the way I look at it is that's part of my life. It's prayer is essential for everything. And, and yeah. um, if, like when I was saying I was at work, I was trying to sweat out in my head. <laughs> but we clean, like when I clean, I'm just cleaning windows. I'm out and about. It's a simple task. It's nothing real complicated. Right. But it could be challenging at times depending on the house you're dealing with one I dealt with today but um like we I clean windows at the hospital here in Uniontown so right. in my mind naturally when I'm cleaning the glass every person walking by me I'm like you know I may not know them but I just I just want to be with them it's nothing major just I'm thinking about that or I clean glass at the cancer center I even told my boss this too it's like I'm as I'm on a ladder cleaning glass people are walking in the door and I'm just saying little prayers for them as they walk through these doors wow so but that's just it's for me, prayer is huge when it comes to anything that we do. And that's the biggest thing is the getting me here was a lot of prayer. Because they were looking for somebody for a long time after Guy. This guy and I, I, I think it would be good at this time to mention that um, Guy Province was your predecessor here. Yes. And we were here back in 2020. Uh, I interviewed Brother Guy. Yeah. And... Uh, if you've not heard that, I'd, I'd encourage your people to go back. You have to dig back a ways. It's it's 
Uh, podcast. 102. <laughs> 102. You already know. I was looking at it. Yes. Yeah. I, I listened to it. I, and, I thought he was a good guy. And uh, Guy was a good guy, if I can say it yeah, like that. And, and we loved Guy. He was a tremendous teacher. But uh, he passed away less than two months after I interviewed him. I, I think it was probably less than a month after his interview yeah. uh, went on the air. And uh, it was a, just a real tragedy and a hard hit for the church here. Uh, also with COVID and everything else going on, uh, that was just very difficult. Yes. But uh, I would encourage our people, podcast number 102, go back and listen to it. Uh, it was it was really, it's one of our most listened to podcasts. I think I yes. mentioned that the other yes, night. Yes. Uh, and he knew a lot of history about the Christian church yes. and the, uh, the uh, uh, mining communities yes. around so here and, community. and how his family back in history had a had a part in in planting churches and uh but but that was good but it was it was a hard loss and the guys here i know they're very determined that they're going to have a bible preacher someone that doesn't that does not <laughs> all right go ahead talk about it now <laughs> no that's that's the next step was they they were searching for about two and a half roughly two and a half years they were telling me because I'm, I'm right up at new salem and we've actually we are we have a associate minister that has been coming down here filling in and then even Andy, our minister up there, would come down and fill in when they would switch out every now and again. Every every couple of weeks they would come down. <coughs> I didn't know this was going on, mind you. Oh, really? I had no idea they were coming down here, yeah. filling in all that stuff. So I was just minding my own business one day, and I got a call from one of the Joe here, as a matter of fact. Just got a call and said, hey, you want to, you want to preach this next Sunday? And I was like, oh, no problem. Patsy's preaching this week. He had everything laid out. Yeah. He was just telling me, just come filling in. And then they just kept calling me not calling me more and more and every day they got more frequent calling me coming down here and that's where i kind of started going there's something going on that i don't know of there's <laughs> something I, i'm not aware of what's going on but you know i'm going to keep doing it because i i love preaching the word of god sure it's, it's that burning fire that you now once you start you just can't say i'm not done i don't know how people can walk away and not you know what i mean how can people how can people just simply walk away from the word of God itself in their life and walk away from God. I can't see it. I struggled and I will admit I struggled and I had my moments. See, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. And I think every Christian does. But, and I yeah. think in my, my issue, well, I even was telling somebody about this recently too. Let God know you're mad. If you're mad, let him know. It's not a big deal. He can take right. it. He's a big, he's a big guy. Right. And open up to him and let him really come into your life. And that's what was going on because I was still struggling with it. And it's been a few years since I've actually felt a desire to really sit and preach permanently continue to really digging in but i would i'd preach fill and preach here fill and preach there and i think it was just a little steps that god just like reigniting that flame and then right. lo and behold they come it was right around christmas here as a matter of fact it was in thanksgiving they approached me i think it was about just speaking through the rest of the month of thanks you finish out thanksgiving and finishing out christmas just to make it easier for them because it was hard to find people right and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, no problem. I'll do it. And then it bloomed up to, hey, we're going to offer you the position here. What what can you do? And are you willing to step in down here? This was just, a, and it was all a series of prayer because the more I got talking to the people in the congregation, as I was getting to know them, they were like, you have no idea how long we were praying. I said in my, one of my recent sermons, I was like, you know, I was just thinking, talking about prayer, when you guys were talking about your prayers and all that stuff, you didn't realize you were praying for me to be at this pulpit on this on this time. You were praying for right. someone you didn't know right. who. God was getting me ready to be back here, getting my getting me ready to be in this position once again, and take oh. up the take up the pulpit, take up the mantle that God left behind, and pick, pick up the mantle. 
push it on into the future and just keep right. moving forward with it. So and that's January 1st was the official date, even though I've been filming in here, it was the official date that I stepped in right. on a more permanent weekly basis. So you're you're here on weekends and, and then you're here a, a, a little bit, a couple of days a week, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, originally, because it's, I try to, I have to make a habit of being here a couple of days a week, because I'm at home with, I got a wife, three kids at home still. You can't focus. Right. <laughs> so that's why I come here every, I'm here twice a week usually. Two right. days a week during the week as my work schedule permits and all that stuff. And it's just been a roller coaster. Right. I'll be honest with you since I've got here. Lots and lots going on. Well, I know just by watching you this week, you don't, you don't let people just come in and go out and, and not speak with them and find out what the need is because uh, I know there's one fellow that talked to both of us one, one evening Yes, and and he said, I'd like to talk to both of us, but he mentioned, I said a word or two, you kind of took over and, and I, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, yeah. no, nothing to be sorry about. That's who you are. And you're the guy that's here in the field. I backed away because I need, knew that this man needed to build a relationship with you. Yeah. And you told me later that you felt like you're going to be spending time with him in the coming weeks. Yeah. And that's so often we let people come in and even preachers do that. They come in, they visit the church. They've got questions. Maybe they've got hurts yeah. kind of like you had in, in your life during yeah. that time when you came out of, out of full-time ministry. And we don't even know it. We say, how you doing? And people, they may hint, but we don't really want to know how they're doing. We're just being polite. Yeah. And we need to listen when we say, how you doing? Yeah. I found out a long time. Even this, that's not the first person here too. There's another couple of people here too that I've kind of, so how you doing today? And I looked at them and I was like, I'm doing good. I look at them and I was like, I just, just kind of get that eye contact for a minute. And you can just tell there's a hurt there. Right. And then they open up a little bit. It, it takes time to develop that relationship to have people really open up. And that's just, I have a way of just kind of being me. You know, I've, you see me. I'm just kind of a relaxed kind of guy. <laughs> what you see is what you get. I'm yeah. rough around the edges. I'm rough and tumble. I, yeah. It's just the way I've always been. I'm out working all day long. You know, so it's just, I'm, I feel that I'm, that's just one of the things. I'm one of the guys, you know what I mean, for lack of a better term. Well, just the normal guy who's blessed I, by God. <laughs> that's, that's what we need preaching the Bible is a normal guy. Yeah. We're, we, we don't, we don't really need, we don't need professional preachers. And, and what I mean by that is even early on in the restoration movement, it was about the locals taking up the mantle. Yes preaching the word, the elders did it. And then maybe there might be a guy to come along that could do it full time or be a, uh, uh, circuit rider yes. for several churches. Is, yes. And, and they just took it up, just plain old folks, not professionals. Uh, and that's what we need is just people who love God, who have a heart for God. And I can tell you do, and they have a heart for God. They have a heart for the people around them and they want to share the gospel. Yes. And we need that. And I'd say to the listeners, if you have a heart for God and the people around you and you keep thinking, well, I don't think I could do this. You probably can, <laughs> you yes, know, with uh, God's help. Yes. I, I got to throw this story in there, too. All right. Back when I was in elementary uh, in middle school. For the life of me, I would not. I failed freshman English four years in a row because I would not get up and talk in front of people. Get out. <laughs> I could not stand public speaking. I don't know what it was, but I'm going to tell you right now. What do I do every week now? I get up there and it's, it, it's, 
it's a whole different thing when God gets a hold of it. When you really let God take over, and it's just—it's an amazing thing when He grabs your wife. I can't describe it. I, for me, it's just—it's an amazing. I I remember moment. shortly after becoming a Christian, or shortly before coming to Christian. I can't remember when, but I was in a in a situation where they asked me to share a few things from the Bible, and I didn't really understand. You know, uh, back then it was always the King James version. Yes. And I had problems reading anyway. And I remember going aside and sitting out in the back of this building and just praying, saying, God, I really believe this is what I'm supposed to do, but I'm scared to death to do it. Would, would you help me? And 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 uh, people who know me know that I'm always praying, God, you touch my tongue and my lips and you do the speaking. Yes. And and if he does the speaking, then something good is going to happen. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is you sometimes my well, one of my biggest thoughts is make me less let him be more when i'm speaking that's what it's that's all right. about letting his word speak letting the truth speak through his word and it changes people's lives just in the few months here you could the energy levels and stuff have changed yes you could see that things are things are different and my wife even says that she goes i don't know there's something something's going on and yeah i said it's not me that's the last thing i, I other thing to say, but I don't want to be in a spotlight, but there I am trying to, to preach the gospel. I'm just called to, to do what I'm supposed to do. God takes care of the rest. That's the way. Yeah. That was one of my biggest, one of my prayers that I always say is be obedient to God. I've heard the statement before, be obedient to God, leave your results up to him. That's right. Because the, the Lord adds to the church daily, not us. Yeah, it's not. It's, it, yeah, it's, yes. it's our responsibility to share the word, but God will do the adding. And he does. And this revival, I think, that we've had here the last couple of days is proof of the, the, the prayer and the fact that we step back and let God be God and amazing things will happen. And that's even being out here, I was just being thankful for what he gives to, being yeah. thankful for the gift of all these people, these souls that are you're filling these seats that are really hearing the word and really right. letting it affect their lives. And I can see their <clears throat> seat in their eyes whenever you look. You can probably see it. I don't know if you see what I see. Oh, I, when I'm I was, looking out and I can see yeah. it in their eyes. And it's just like there's this, a hope that surpasses all understanding in this crowd. There's a group, a whole entire group of people that I've never even met out there last last couple of days. Really? Was like seeing them, listening to them talk and just seeing the, you could see it in their eyes whenever I was we were looking out. Well, and isn't that what revival is supposed to be anyway? Yes. It's, it's we're always telling people it's, they say, well, you can't do a revival anymore. You can't win a lot of souls in revival. Well, you, you can. And we have seen yes. uh, hundreds won in our in our revivals. But the majority of people who make decisions are just making a decision of 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 being resurrected in their Christian life, getting the, the blood yes. of Christ flowing in the way it used to, or taking a stand like some of them did last night just to say to everyone around them, hey, I am a follower of Christ and yes. I want you to know it and you can follow me as I follow Christ and we'll do it together. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. I was like, I'm just, I was thinking through that and I was thinking as you were saying that last night and everything else and just when we close the night off, just you never know what pulled people away and all they need is a little encouragement. Like, God hasn't left you. Come on back. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And then once you come back, take a moment just to listen and be thankful and amazing. It just, when you come back to it, you realize that when you come back to God, I think personally that you straight away and you come back, you realize, wait a minute, what was I doing? Why did I stray? And you realize that there's a there's no better place to be than right there in the lap, you know, in the lap of God, in the heart of God, right there at that right. moment, and just enjoying everything He does and provides. It's a it's a calming presence. And <laughs> I, I I believe that re revival and revival this week is 
perhaps bringing people to a point of saying, hey, you know, there are changes that need to be made in my life yes. and preaching that uh, Brother James does is, is I need to be really taking it in and allowing that preaching that I'm getting on Sundays to really not just let, I'm not just coming here to hear a guy talk words. I'm coming here to hear the breath of God. Yeah, living word. Yeah. Yeah, living word of God. And things that I'm just, because of the series you're going through here. Right. Everything I've been speaking about over the last several months is just funny. It's, I love how God works because it comes together. Because everything you're saying is, I've been, we've been chat talking about in a roundabout way, but it's, it's all comes together right now. And it's just like, you're saying everything I'm talking about, being obedient and pushing and, and you know, whether everything, it's hard to encompass everything you've said. You said, uh, I said a lot the last week, but it's yeah. weird because me, I'm sitting back going, yep, they're finally hearing it real good. Yeah. They're hearing it. They're, they're getting it. They're understanding it now. I, I, I see you sitting back there and I see that you are just like, yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> that's yep. right. And yep. you know, it's funny that, and that, that, uh, in revival sometimes, uh, and I appreciate that you see how God works in all this. Uh, some guys back and say, well, I've said that for a year and nobody listened. Well, it's not, they're not listening. They're just, they've, your voice is a voice that they've heard. Yes. And sometimes you need a different voice to say the same, same thing. thing. And, and, and then it clicks and they don't realize it's clicking, not because Tom Weaver's here, but because God has been speaking to me through brother James yes. and through the elders for the last six months or year. And, and now it's all clicking. It's starting to you know, and there, years. and because there is in, in a, in a well prayed out revival like this one has been, there is a certain energy that we don't see on a regular Sunday morning, which we did see it. And in some churches they seem to be able to do that, but, but there is an energy that we hope will continue from the revival. Yeah. Well, I'm well, after the revival. This is, I got I do have to say this one too, out of every, all the churches and all the stuff, this congregation here is one of the most loving Yes, of people that you're ever going to stumble into. I'm talking, I've spoken different churches throughout the area and all that stuff. I've even spoken my family churches, and yeah. it's like sometimes you preach in family, it's like <laughs> it can be challenging. I'll well, tell you that. I'll leave it at that. A prophet without honor, yes, in the <laughs> that's what it boils, there it is. There it is. That's it's boils down to that. But, um, even here, just the amount of the love that you feel when you come in that door, the acceptance, yes, they accept you for you. We, well, we do. I accept, well. They'll just say they accept you for who you are. They don't put on a show. They, they who, what you see is what you get with this congregation, right. and they they love it. And they love the Lord, so they do. And they really they put it out there first. They love the Word of God, and they put that first, and it shows in this congregation the love. And I've been in smaller church. I've been in different, like I said, different churches over the years. I've been in some big churches where I felt right. the same amount of love. Right. But then I've been in some other churches where it's like, where's God? Oh, yeah. where's the love? I hate to say, it, I hate. To, Bring that out that's but it's the fact is it's true some churches aren't like it we've always felt the 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 love and acceptance you know every time we come here yeah we look forward there are people we look forward to seeing and then people come up to me and i think oh yeah you're at this church because of course you know i'm a different church every week and when i see him i say oh yeah you're at this church it's so great to see you but you know you forget exactly you know there's just people maybe you've, you've had a meal with yeah you know then you get to know them and and uh, anybody you know you, you feed me and I'm going to remember you. No. <laughs> but <laughs> but that that's true. But they they have always been very accepting. Now that first time I got to admit they were accepting, but they were waiting to see if I was going to really preach the Bible. <laughs> yes. But that's that is the nature of First Christian Church grindstone. Yes, they're 
Yeah, I will tell you that because that's whenever they asked me to fill and preach and all that stuff. Right. I could see they were waiting to see where am I coming from. And right. The more they seen me staying to the word, staying in the Bible, really preaching God's word, the more they opened up to me. The more that they're and that's again that's why I was comfortable stepping into. They're not. They're not concerned as much with your with your education as they are with your heart. Yeah. And 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 that heart is right with God. And yeah. if it is, then you're going to be preaching the right thing. And uh, I, I wish we could see that in more congregations. Yeah, I'm not, I don't mean to sit here and sing the praises of Grindstone First Christian Church. Like, yeah. uh, I'm praising the Lord because that's the direction this church is. And certainly there there's imperfections in every congregation. But, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, there's a lot of good to say right here. Yeah, yeah, there is, and it's it's a it's a big blessing to be here and in my in my walk with Christ and we're getting where I'm at here. This is uh, it's been a wonderful thing that God's led God's led me here because I I don't know I, you know you always wonder where you would be I don't care where I would be but I just I'm glad I'm here and God's gonna lead me wherever He leads me and that's that's the biggest thing is and. I don't have like as you talk about telling the story. That's my. I don't have much of a story when it comes to. I'm just here and I'm just doing being obedient to what God calls me to. I, my life has led me to this point, and that's where God's led me. Oh, to this we point say in my this. Life. We say this a lot on this program that everything that happens in our life brings us to the point where we're at. Yeah. And teaches us what we need to know so that we can live in in the moment that we're in. Yeah. And yeah. and I, to say you don't have much of a story, I think you do. Growing up in a family that was in and out of church. And then finding uh, uh, Dana, a, a girl who said, "Come to church with me," and and finding married her twenty right. years ago, <laughs> and and then finding uh, yeah. a, a group of men in a church that accepted you, that pulled you in, and yeah. and kind of uh, and discipled you in their own way, and then sent you out to preach. And then when you were injured in, yeah, in ministry, they, they brought, brought you back, back again and helped you heal. And got you back where you're supposed to be. Yeah. I, what's not? What's not a like about a story like that, brother? <laughs> That's a great story. Uh, I love that. It's, it's it's something I don't I don't think about it much. You know, it's just it's yeah. just my it's my life, and it's just, I just take each day in stride. I just take each day in stride. Well, I can see from the smile on your face that our our listeners can't see yeah. that uh, you're happy to be back in the pulpit. Oh, you have no idea. Uh, back in the saddle, we might say. Yeah, back <laughs> in the saddle. You're just trying to yeah. My wife's happy about it too. She finally told me the other day. She goes, "You're doing what you're supposed to be doing." Her family, her family's been a big support with me the whole time too. Like I said, her, my father-in-law and mother-in-law were always backing me up. Always, my mother-in-law and I spent hours talking. We'd up two, three in the morning talking about the Bible and all that stuff. And then my father-in-law, even though he was rough and tumble, we played golf together, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, him and I spent a lot of time together, getting to know each yeah. other and all that stuff. They, they've lived since passed away. So, and uh. But then her sisters and stuff too. James, you need you're not you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because her sisters go to church too, right? Um, they're they're down in Virginia and stuff like that in Ohio. But they're like, James, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You need to start listening. <laughs> that's what they would say to me. That's what Tammy would say. Her sister Tammy would tell me, "You need to start listening." Right. Her sister Terry's like, "You need to start listening." I'm like, "I don't want to listen." <laughs> but that's they they were an encouragement to. to it was a, it's weird. The whole family just kind of kept encouraging and pushing me to be where I'm at. 
maybe it's not their pressure either. That's the kicker. <laughs> possibly there are some preachers listening who have been injured. Yeah. Uh, spiritually, mentally, uh, even some physically I know have been injured. That sounds strange to listeners, but that's happened it does, yeah. uh, in ministry and they're hurt and they're hurting. Maybe their family is hurting. Uh, this, this is, I hope this is an encouragement to them that God has a place for you. He's not done with you. Uh, maybe there's a healing time you need to go through yeah. so that you can help heal others. But um, the church is not perfect. It's made up of people. Yeah. And and people are not perfect. And uh, we all get hurt in any in any in any job we do in this life. We're going to get hurt. And I realize we don't expect to get hurt sometimes by the family that we're ministering to. Yeah. But sometimes we do because people are careless or maybe they're not converted even. Yeah. And and uh, but God can lead you back if you're listening and you're feeling like I really ought to be in ministry. Here's a guy that it, it took him a while, but God brought him back. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is if there's somebody is hurting, God hasn't forgot about you. Right. He's still right there beside you. And he needs to just you need to just step back sometimes. Let him know you're angry and really just take your moments. He's gonna let you let go he's gonna help you go through your hardships, your struggles. Right. You just gotta be open to that. God's not gonna abandon you. That's my biggest thing. That's I guess that's the biggest blessing I'm realizing over the years. God has not abandoned me once. There's a few times I thought about I kind of stepped back, but I he's never abandoned us. And anybody I know what I'm trying to say, but it's not coming out right. But that's all right. And it just people are hurting; they just need to look towards God. Don't don't be angry at them. Don't get upset with them. In the ministry, in the ministry side, coming from the leadership side, being a preacher and being hurt, it hurts. It stings even more. Right. But yet, God doesn't hasn't abandoned. It's like sometimes it's just like, where are you at, God? He's there listening. We just sometimes got to go through some pain. <laughs> well, I like something that you said, and I think it's very true. It needs to be said. If you're angry and you're upset with God, yeah. uh, and there's really isn't any need to be, there might be a need to be upset with yourself or, or with others, but if you're upset with God and you need feel like you just need to say it, then say it to say him. It to him yeah. uh, if, if, if you're upset with your earthly dad and he's a godly man, he wants to know that you're upset with him so so he can help make things right with you. Yeah. Yes. And and God already knows, but he, he likes to hear from us. Yes, he does. And yeah. Only other, I need another point of advice. And this, I don't know if it's advice. It is. That's good advice. I'm just leaving it at that. Biggest thing is the hardest thing is to forgive yourself. For, yeah. you know what I mean? Forgive yourself for the situation or whatever. Because you know, it's not may not be on you, but you're angry, you're upset, you're hurting and all that stuff. And you're going to say stuff or do stuff. It may not be right at that moment or things are going on, but you got to forgive yourself. Because I had to go through the whole process of forgiving myself. Too. Because when you walk away and you've been hurt, you think I failed. Yeah. And it may not be you failed. It may just be the burnout and the hurt and, and, uh, and, yeah. and maybe it was failure on, on, and maybe you were a part of it. Maybe, maybe there was something, something in that, immaturity in ministry that helped to bring about some of that. Yeah. Well, you can get over that too, whatever yes. it is. And, and it is desperate times in the world and in our country. And we need preachers. Yes. I will say that. Maybe. And, and Jesus gave his life. And maybe it's time we we buck up and and heal up first, and then buck up and say, "Okay, I'm uh, God. If it's part time, if it's full time, if it's quarter time, 
Yeah. I, I want to, you, you show me the place where I can best get back in and, and, and get back to doing what I'm called to do. Yeah. And then, yeah, you said the world needs preachers. We need to teach them, teach young men. And the biggest thing I think of all this is my boys seen me go through these struggles, watch me go through these struggles and seeing the story, the process of restoration in the end of the day, because my youngest mentioned something about it. Yeah. But he talked to his mom. He hasn't mentioned to me yet. But he said something about it. He said, you know what? I think I want to possibly preach. Really? And, um, After watching everything you've been through? Just seeing that, I think he's, he sees it. But he goes to a, a private Christian college to, or school. Right. So that makes it nicer so that he can talk about God every day. And then, right. But he said that to me. And that made me go, makes me think that he's seen me go through all these. He sees that we're not, his mom and I are still together over everything we've been through <laughs> in our lives. 25 years of marriage. And it's right. not easy. You know that. Marriage sure. is always a challenge. And all that, and then he still said, seeing the struggle with the churches and everything else, and still said, I think I want to be a preacher. He sees me go through that, and hopefully he realizes, sees it, the example I'm, that I've set, that right. even though you're struggling, even though you're down and out, even though you're hurt, you're wounded, and you feel like you're nothing, God can restore you back and make you even, come back even stronger, come back wow. even more faith ignite that fire and make it even bigger because that's exactly what happened when i come in here i mean that fire went from a little spark to this is the raging inferno that's in my heart now that wants me to go my prayer is this little church to literally change this area yes to really change this whole grindstone brownsville uniontown area even though we're only a small building that doesn't matter yeah. but that's that, that fire in my heart is really just wants to right let God be God and just use us as that, that vessel to get it out in the world. <laughs> you've been, I'm, I'm just, you've already been revived. Uh, yes, I have been. <laughs> and, resur and resurrected. Resurrected, yes. Yeah. And I just want the world, that's that's my desire ultimately, is just to see, have the world see what I know right. in Christ and the people, my friends, family, total strangers. I just want everybody to see that in me when, well, when I'm out and about. Because cleaning windows is a convenient way that people see me on the streets all the time and I get to know people yeah. that, may not have ever ever been introduced to god or have a faith but they don't know what's going on and i try to strike up little conversation with my coworkers sometimes right. me and my coworker. i hate calling my coworkers my friend but uh about our faith about church or something while we're in the houses just to see if anybody cues in and all that stuff right and even some of the places we clean and we were talking houses so we're talking significant people so i'm not going to get into the details of some of the customers we have right. I'm just hoping some of them actually have conversations with us about church and all that stuff. So you never know where that's going to go. You never know what's going to happen when you start talking. That's right. People start listening. And then you can. Yeah, it can be the beginning of yeah. uh, somebody that you think should I even say anything? You say something to them, and someday they may be preaching somewhere yes. else and, and bringing other people to Christ because you dared to uh, put down the squeegee for a minute. <laughs> and say it and say a few words about christ or say hey i see you're struggling can i have a prayer with you yeah and and uh well you have enthused me james you really enthused me with with, with your story you told me I, well. <laughs> and i appreciate the time that you, you took to be with to yeah. me today and can you believe that our time is just about up Any, anything you want to add I'm going to clam up now because I'm not really a <laughs> talk about myself kind of guy. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> I you, appreciate you. I well, appreciate I, everything I, you've done and you're, what you're doing with revival. It's amazing to see all, see that here. See mm -hmm. the, the, the spark, the, the 
congregation coming back to life. It's amazing. Well, they, they were already on their way before we got here. Oh, and, and, and the prayer <laughs> revival started here before I got here I, because of the prayer and all that you, you guys have put into it. But yeah. let's be praying that, that uh, it'll, it'll just, the last two nights here will be great and just be the, uh, the thing that needs to push that revival that's going to go on for weeks it's, and months and years to come here. Uh, yes, yes, and yes. and uh, I'm grateful that you're back in ministry. Uh, so grateful because uh, this church uh, needed a good preacher and they got one and they got uh, there's a lot of work to be done here and and again I want to thank you for sharing with us today yep. and to our listeners as always I'll say if this uh, has been an encouragement to you I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and co-workers in Christ and that you'll hit that follow button on whatever media you're using to listen to our podcast and be ready to hear some more on down the road. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.